Thanks, Jeannie. What a wonderful uh, welcoming and introduction to everybody. And I want to appreciate as Jeannie and I are doing this weekend together and it's a great pleasure for me to uh, be teaching with her. It's been great. Well, when I met Jeannie, she was already a fabulous teacher and she's just, it's been wonderful to see you just continue to grow and to now be colleagues. You said I was a mentor, but now, now we've moved into a different relationship. So it's wonderful to be in this one with you. And thank you all of you that I see so many I know and are dear. And those of you I haven't met before, I'm really happy that you are taking this time. It's really, you know, we have so many choices to make um, about how we spend our time. And the commitment to spend time in practice is not always an easy one to make. And you've chosen that, not just this weekend, but, you know, you've chosen to make this part of your life in an important way, or you wouldn't be here. So I'm really appreciating seeing all of you. And I wonder if you might just take a moment and look around through everybody and just take a moment to appreciate that all these other people on this screen have made um, similar not exactly because we're all individual, but similar commitments in their life to aligning with their goodness, to finding a kind way to be in the world, to awakening uh, the potential that each of us carries. And so it's interesting that even though we may not know many of the people that we see, we have so much already in common that we have these underlying values and orientation. And that is really amazing. It's very encouraging in this day and age when sometimes we feel like, what's everybody doing out there in the world? Why is, why is the time so challenging? But there are all of us and so many more that are making this kind of commitment. And I think letting that in, letting yourself appreciate the wholesomeness of that, that you are part of. And when Jeannie and I were choosing and talking about what we wanted to talk about this weekend, it was, you know, what meets this moment? How do we orient here? And one of the fundamental parts of practice is the recognition that practice is about cultivating our relationship to what is happening. And this is really part of the radical um, teachings of the Buddha, that instead of trying to change, organize, fix, ourselves or the world, though there's very important work to be done, the orientation, the primary importance is cultivating what our relationship to ourselves and each other in the world is. 
And then if we are, as we move through the world, we're aware of and doing that from a relationship of kindness, of gratitude, of generosity, of wisdom, and being having the relationship be most important. It's so interesting, you know, I, the debate, like, does the, does the uh, end justify the means? And sometimes hear that debate, well, I'm doing this because it justifies, you know, the, well, the end result is what we need. And I sort of like interpreting the Buddhist teachings as saying, the end never justifies the means. The means is the end how we go about things, how we orient ourselves in the world, because we never know what the end will be. We don't know where things are going to end up, but we know what we can bring, what we can offer, how we can receive the world in this moment. That we can, that we have an impact on, that we can influence. And so to let ourselves be very, very present with this relationship with the world. And it's funny, we get stuck in a utilitarian sort of transactional view of the world and that the relationship is that. Uh, there's a rather funny quote that, uh, let's see if I find it here, from Bart Simpson. He's asked, and I'm not a big Simpsons person, but I appreciated this. Um, Bart was asked to say grace, and his response was, dear God, we paid for all this stuff ourselves, so thanks for nothing. Well, <laughs> there's the transactional relationship with the world, and there's a funny word that people sometimes use, deserve, I deserve. Or they sometimes somebody will say it to me. They'll say, oh, you've worked so hard. You deserve something. And I'm like, God, deserve that you just sucked all the life out of whatever I might have the opportunity to do or receive now. Now, I, now it's no longer a gift or it's like something that's owed me. And how do I, how it's it, now it's like lost its magic. It's lost its light. So what if we went into the world, not having an attitude of deserving, but an attitude of being available to receive and realizing that the gifts that come are myriad and that the gifts that were being offered by the world, moment after moment, are an opportunity to change this transactional relationship into one of receptivity and generosity, recognizing the reciprocal nature rather than the transactional. Can you feel the difference in that? It's a different um, attitude of participation, one that isn't um, this owing and deserving, and yet is deeply relational, deeply relational, in fact, fully acknowledging that we are not independent. We'll say more about that as we go through the weekend.
So I'd like, I'd like you to take a moment and we're gonna go into groups just for a little five minute introduction, just so that you get to connect with people a little more and also do a little experiment with me. So just check in, see where your heart and mind are right now. They're already probably shifting a little into this, um, this attitude, but let yourself for a moment feel your to-do lists of the day and the things you need to take care of or did yesterday and the things that, and just sort of feel that kind of transactional uh, relationship that we have. I need to take care of this. Somebody need to do that. I need to go to work. I need to check on all the, need to return an email that came. And I want to, we're going to invite you into breakout rooms and please say your name in the room and then go around and just one at a time, name something that you feel gratitude about, that you're grateful for. And it could just be a one word or a sentence and just take turns, maybe just use your first name, go alphabetically at the first name, just to avoid that confusion. And just keep going around the circle, naming what you're grateful for. And what I'd like you to do as you do this is take it as a practice. Notice as it goes around and as you have to think about things that you're grateful for, just watch what happens to your attitude. Like you might initially right now have a little bit of an attitude like, okay, what am I going to get out of this weekend? Oh, now we're going to go into four groups of four. I wonder who I'm going to end up with. Am I going to end up with the right people? The Oh, are they going to be people I like or get connected to or whatever? And just notice as you do this, just notice if there's a change and what that's like for you. Because this is a practice. And in order to engage in a practice, we feel into it and we stay present with it as it happens. So as you go around, pay attention to your heart center, pay attention to your body, stay connected with yourself as you listen to the other people. And we're just going to do it for five minutes and there'll be a, um, actually let's do a 120 second um, warning, if you would, Jeannie or Andrea. So five minutes and then 120 seconds. So the last 120 seconds, you'll go around that's two minutes. The last two minutes, you'll go around and just share what you've noticed from this going around in circles. So the first five minutes, and then the warning will come up and don't click saying, okay, because that'll send you back in the room. Just leave the box alone and stay in your group and share how it's, how you're feeling impacted by being in the group. Okay. Thanks, Andrea. I think we're ready. And I see some good and some nodding heads. And as requested, I can see from the nodding heads and the smile, the sense that you feel from just that little interaction and that 
shift, it's just a shift of attitude, right? I wanted to read from you something from, it's an excerpt from a article that Yapel Lachman wrote. And he was in a difficult situation and he was looking in his mind's eye, this is from earlier in the article, he was looking for like an image or some, something, somewhere to draw strength for a difficult situation. And he was like, oh, you know, what can inspire me in this difficult moment? And this is what he says. The person who sprang to mind was Chiura Obata, the Japanese-American painter who fell in love with Yosemite and the High Sierra. He appeared to me, and this is in uh, Yapel's imagination, he appeared to me looking exactly as he does in a photograph from 1942, taken at the Tenforan Detention Center. In the photograph, Abato is calm and smiling, teaching a bunch of children to paint. Of all the things to do, there's a war on. Your people have been rounded up like cattle, and there you are playing with a paintbrush. I blinked, hoping to conjure a more martial role model this time. But Obata stubborn, stubbornly remained. He sat before me, out on a rock in the middle of a river, watching impatiently as I struggled to comprehend. Then, all of a sudden, I got it. Obata wasn't teaching those kids how to paint. He was teaching them how to love. Day after day, right through the barbed wire fence, Obata showed those children how to see beauty, how to keep their hearts open. He knew that when evil and destruction arrive, we must refuse to stop loving the world. Then, and this is crucial thing, we must act on behalf of that enormous love. It's a be beautiful sharing of this relationship. And we feel love, love and gratitude. Can you feel they're so close together? When we start to look at something and receive it and feel grateful for it, the warmth of the heart comes automatically. Gratitude is often viewed as the doorway to metta. One, there are a number of different doorways to metta, but it's one of the key doorways to loving kindness. When the gratitude is the doorway to friendliness, it's to openness, it's the stepping through it away from this transactional into a reciprocity with, with our lives and what's happening around us. So with that as our introduction this morning, we'd like to go ahead and begin sitting. And I'm going to do some guiding at the beginning of the sitting. First, uh, inviting you into the refuges, because this is part of our where the base of our practice that brings us into gratitude. That's part of what the refuges are an invitation on. And then from there, a little bit of an at, inviting the attitude in which we might practice. So go ahead and set yourself up to sit. And it's great if you're willing to leave your camera on, but don't feel like you need to sit and face the camera. 
If by shifting your position, you have it so that when you turn on your eyes, you have a little of the screen of everybody and a little of a window looking outside or looking at your altar or whatever um, feels like a comfortable way for you and that uh, feels supported. And if you for if you're someone that laying down is a better position because that's better on your body and you want to do laying down meditation, that's fine. Many of us will fall asleep if we try that, but you're also welcome to do that. So as you feel yourself settled, finding your ground, feel the contact with the ground. As you're, if you're continuing to adjust, give yourself that. Let it be a kind of care of the body. And let yourself settle into the ground. Feel the earth beneath you. Feel this place that you put into the text. Let yourself sense this ground. Not just sort of as an abstraction, but this place, exactly right where you are, right? Where your room, your house, or wherever you are is. And the space that surrounds it and the other beings, the living beings that are around you, little and big. Let yourself be aware for a moment of the season that you're in. Sensing the earth's dormancy, or perhaps if you're further south, it's beginning to come to life. And let yourself, as you connect with the space around you, letting your attention being inclusive, let yourself also sense your own interior, the aliveness that's here in you. Feeling your heart center. Acknowledging if there's some concerns or difficulties or 
whatever else might you might be bringing into this day. You don't need to push anything away. Just letting that be inclusive. So having established established yourself in this location. And taking in the internal dynamics of this moment. Let yourself feel also the breath as the most immediate and obvious reciprocity between this space around you and the internal. The external and the internal are in constant reciprocity, but are most easily accessible moment to moment awareness of this is through the breath. And as we settle into this weekend together, I want to invite you to into a felt sense experience of the refuges. Know that the triple gem of the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha are always there, part of our practice. But what is that, is it, to actually bring them in? I want to read you a quote here that's ascribed to Sogyal Rinpoche. As we settle into the Buddha as a refuge. Just as, as the Buddha said that all of the Buddhas who attained enlightenment, not one accomplished it without relying on the master. He also said, it is only through devotion and devotion alone that you will realize the absolute truth. So then it is essential to know what real devotion is. It is not mindless adoration. It is not abdication of your responsibility to yourself, nor indiscriminately following of another's personality or whim. Real devotion 
is an unbroken receptivity to the truth. Real devotion is rooted in an awed and reverent gratitude. One that is lucid, grounded, and intelligent. So what is it for you in this moment to take in an attitude of gratitude, awed and reverent gratitude to this line of the Buddha and the opportunity that it presents here? You may connect with this idea of the Buddha himself, but what is it also to have this attitude of gratitude and devotion to the Buddha potential in each of us? That each of us have this basic goodness. to feel this goodness that is here and that is fundamental to our being. And we can feel this goodness day, day in and day out with how when our hearts are soft, when we do something kind, we feel aligned, it feels right because it's, touching in to our true nature of this basic goodness. There's something to be grateful for, isn't it? That this goodness is already here. You don't have to make it or create it. Fix yourself so that you're good. The goodness is here. What would it be to be deeply devoted to seeing and aligning, knowing the truth of this goodness in you, in others, in whatever we need. To recognize that the kalesas, the greed, aversion, delusion, the ignorance that overlays is not without its impact, but it's a veil. It's like the story of the mud that completely caked a Buddha in Southeast Asia, and then somebody wanted to shine up the Buddha, and underneath they realized it was a gold Buddha that had been hidden under the mud in order to protect it from thieves. You've been protected from thieves long enough. Let the mud wash off right there all along. 
this beautiful goodness. Let yourself feel this in your heart center. Know your own goodness. And you can be grateful for this. You didn't make it. You didn't create it. It wasn't owed you. It's just the truth. It's just the truth of who you are. To be so appreciative of that. And the commitment to uncovering this, to coming ever closer to it, and to knowing that is possible, is the refuge of the Dharma. The commitment and possibility of knowing this truth. The truth of who we are, who each other are, The truth of the ever-changing interconnected reciprocity of which we are all an integral part. To know this, to lean back and let yourself feel supported in the truth of the Dharma. Can you let yourself take refuge, ease, relaxation in knowing that the support is here, that you belong to this integral whole. Your practice is to rest more fully into the truth of what is here. Not the overlays, not the confusions, the delusions, the ignorance, but to rest more and more. Let yourself sink more fully into the earth that supports you. Let yourself feel the air that you're breathing. 
Feel the food that's in your belly. That was gift of the elements and all the people who touched it. The support is here. The Dharma is all around you, in you. You are the Dharma. And with the refuge of the Sangha, we recognize not only do you not need to do this alone, you couldn't. And that is a gift. To know that this waking up is dependent on others as well. That every little inch we move of removing veils, we do it not just for ourselves, but we do it for others. We wake up together. Just as we are sitting here this weekend together. And as people have sat together for 2,600 years and for millennia before that. We are built to respond, to connect, to feel each other. And when we sense each other's and our own goodness, this deepens. And connects us with our own goodness. When others speak truth, we recognize the truth in us. When others are kind, we recognize our own kindness.
Feel the community here and in your life that supports you and reminds you when you lose track, when you disconnect and start to head off in some direction that doesn't acknowledge that the reminders are around you, that you can trust, that you will get the information you need to find your way back. that you will get the kindness and the love and the care to find your way back to yourself. And when you're here, you can offer the same to others. Let yourself just take a moment and just kind of in a very felt sense way, just feel the web of your life, the web of connections. Go out and out in all directions. People and beings nearby and those far away. And let yourself feel the Sangha, not only of human beings, but the more than human world that we are in a much bigger community, community of the earth. And for the next 10 minutes of the sit, just allow yourself to breathe in all these gifts and just soften more, soften your shoulders, soften your eyes, rest more fully with each breath into all that is here. And it might get simpler and simpler where there's just the simplicity of resting into the next breath. And this, and this one.
And so, friends, we're going to continue our meditation in a different way through walking or movement. And this is such an important part of the practice because it really helps us embody what Susie was saying of being more fully present. And this is supportive for gratitude in a couple of ways. One is that we feel gratitude in the body. That's how we know of gratitude. We experience it there. And secondly, as we tune into being present as best we can, we tune more and more to the, the gratitude of simply being present. And so this is a, a source of a kind of a wellspring of gratitude. a source of gratitude that's really ever-present, this simple sense of being present. And so I'm going to offer three things about walking meditation. One is that you can walk with your whole body, like be connected to the whole body as you're moving. And so just right now, sense into your whole body. Can you feel the weight on the chair? And now just feel, just sway a little bit from side to side and just sense that. Can you sense, you can sense the body moving. This is, we could call like a whole body sense or a proprioceptive sense. The whole body is moving. And so as you stand in a few minutes, as you stand, you can sense into this sense of the whole body standing. And then as you begin to walk, the whole body walking. And then you can... If, you're, if you need to have a, you know, a glass of water, a bio break, the whole body is moving. The whole body, you can sense it, no matter what you're doing between now and when we come back together to sit again. And then with this whole body, you can choose to choose a little spot to walk back and forth. And in this way, we really support the whole system to be able to be fully 
and simply with the body walking. We're simplifying by choosing a path and you might choose a path outside if you go outside or you may choose a path in your room. You could have a path just the length of a yoga mat and you can go back and forth. And what this does is rests the mind because it's not thinking, oh, where am I gonna go next? Really helps to simplify. and settle. And during your walking, as you're going walking back and forth, the mind will move away from the body walking. It'll start thinking and planning. And that's just normal. It'll come back also all by itself. And when it does, then return to the anchor of the body moving. And you might that the attention might be drawn to something, the sky, something on the wall. Just notice it. If it's something of gratitude or something you're grateful for, you'll feel that. And then return to the anchor of the body. And then the third thing I'd like to say is that as you're walking, you may choose also to focus more closely in on part of the body. So you may place your attention as we've often been taught in the legs as they're moving or in the feet as they're, you can place the attention in the sense of the soles of the feet coming down in contact with the floor and then coming up again. Or with the whole legs, the rhythm, the rhythm of the movement of the hips. And so you can play with that and let your attention go in the body wherever and however it's most supportive for you in your capacity for being present. And if there is a way to feel just the simple gratitude for being present, as you're doing that, that can support you because the mind and the heart want to be present in a place where there's gratitude. <laughs> so this can support your capacity to be here. And so friends, we have a half an hour for walking meditation. Enjoy your walking meditation and we'll see you back here in half an hour. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.